Welcome to another exciting episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Rap Revealed podcast. I want to say, as always, if you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, welcome. I want you to know it is not by chance or coincidence that you are hearing me at this moment, but it is by God's divine order. And guess what, beloved? He has ordered your steps right into our Let's Rap Revealed podcast. And to those of you who are faithful listeners and supporters of our Let's Rap Reveal podcast, we want to say as always, thank you. Thank you for continuing to support this ministry by listening, by liking, commenting, and most of all, sharing this ministry. Today, we have a lot of ground to cover, so I'm going to jump right in. I am your host, Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Rap Reveals, we're going to be continuing with our powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father, Part 5, The Next Generation. If you have been following us thus far, we have covered four episodes already, and I continue to go backwards and forwards, so I hope you are going back listening to those previous uh, episodes in order to be able to keep up with where we're headed. If you have not listened to the introductory of this series, I highly recommend that you go back and do so. We started with our introductory generational curses, generational sins, entitled, You Are Sick As Your Secrets. This entire series is talking about the sins of the father. When we went to part one and part two, we entitled it Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father. In episode three, we are covering the exact same thing. Generational Curses, Generational Sin, Sins that Run Deep. In episode four, which was the last episode that we covered on Generational Curses, Generational Sin, entitled Sins of the Father, we talked about part four, the next generation. Part five today is a continuation of Sins of the Father, the Next Generation. Let's wrap. And once again, I'm going to take you back in order for us to move forward. At the closing of episode two, it took us on a journey with Jacob. Jacob was at Padan Aram at the house of Bethuel, his mother's father. Remember, it was there that Jacob served 20 years for his uncle Laban, seven years for his daughter Rachel, whom he loved dearly, only to be tricked by Laban and end up with the oldest daughter, Leah, Rachel's sister. Then he served another seven years, 14 years in total, and finally received Rachel. In the process of time, Jacob had 11 sons. And it came to pass that when Rachel uh, bore Joseph, Jacob said unto his uncle Laban, send me away that I may go unto my own place and to my country, give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go for thou knoweth my service, which I have done unto thee. But what did his uncle Laban do? Instead of giving Jacob everything that he had earned, his wives and his children, um, he decided to try to pull a fast one on Jacob. Um, Jacob ended up working an additional six years for his uncle Laban. And during that time, Laban changed Jacob's wages um, 10 times at least until it got to the point where eventually the Lord came to Jacob and said, return to the land of thy father and thy kindred and I will be with thee. 
So then Jacob went to Leah and Rachel, and he began to speak unto them. He said unto them, I see your father's countenance, that it is not toward me or before me, but God of my father hath been with me. He said, ye know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. So Jacob realized that Laban was no longer for him, that uh, Laban would have caused him harm had it not been for the Lord on his side. So that lets us know that no weapon formed against us just prosper. And what the devil mean for bad, God will turn it around for the good. Because everything that Laban tried to do to Jacob concerning his wages, the Lord will reverse it and turn it around. The Bible tells us that uh, Laban began to uh, deceive him. And he said unto uh, Jacob, the speckle shall be thy wages. And then the Lord would allow the cattle to bear all speckle. And then once he see the speckle, he would change it again and said, the ring shall be thy wages uh, of hire. And then the Lord would let all them bear, the cattle bear rings. Um, so God was on Jacob's side. And if God be for us, he is more than the whole world against us. God has taken away the cattle, he said, from your father and has given it to me. So even in the midst of everything that um, Jacob was going through, all the uh, trickery that Laban was pulling over on him, God was still on his side. And the Bible says in Genesis, the 31st chapter and the 11th verse, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Jacob in a dream and said unto him, Jacob, I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. So I want you to know, beloved, that no matter what it is you're going through, God is not asleep. He sees everything that the enemy is doing. He sees every movement of the enemy, every plot, every plan, every device. God sees it. And you don't have to fear, beloved, because the Lord always sends his word. In Genesis, the 31st chapter and the 13th verse, the Lord spoke unto Jacob saying, I am the God of Bethel where thou anointed the pillar and where thou vowest the vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, is there yet any portion of inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted for him as strangers? For he hath sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God has taken from our father, that is ours and our children. Now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. So they were all in agreement that it was time to leave the house of Laban. So Jacob arose and he set his sons and his wives upon camels and carried them away. All of them and all of his goods that he had got while he dwelt in the land of Paden Aram. But unbeknownst to Jacob, Rachel, his beloved Rachel, before they left, the Bible says that she stole the images that were her father's. In other words, she stole the gods that they serve. Now the Bible lets us know that it was three days later before Laban even realized they were gone, before he realized that Jacob had run off. Um, Laban began to round up all his relatives and he began to chase after them. Now the Bible says seven days it took for him to catch up to them. Jacob had pitched his tent in the land of Gilead. Um, and Laban also pitched his tent in the land of Gilead, but he had not yet made himself known 
unto Jacob. And that night the Lord came to Laban in a dream and he began to let him know, be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. So the Lord came to his uncle Laban with a warning that night, letting him know, watch what you say and what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad, watch what you say. So Laban finally reveals himself unto Jacob and Jacob wondering, what is all this about? Why are you pursuing after me? And the Bible goes on to say that Laban said unto Jacob, what has thou done? Why have thou stolen away? Why did thou leave and carry away my daughters as captives, taking them with the sword? He said, wherefore did I flee away in secrecy? Why did I steal away? And not only why did I steal away, he said, you have suffered me not to kiss my sons and my daughters, and you have done this foolish thing. He said, it was in my power uh, and my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spoke to me on yesternight. So if it had not been for the Lord speaking to his uncle Laban saying, don't you touch him. Don't you watch what you say to Jacob. He would have done Jacob harm. So his uncle Laban was very selective about what he said and how he said it. So the way he phrased it unto Jacob, he was like, I know that you're homesick, but why did you steal my household gods? Why did you take my gods with you? I know that you had to leave. I know that you were longing uh, for your father's house, but you didn't have to steal my gods. Why you took my gods with you? And Jacob began to answer Laban and say unto him, because I was afraid. He said, I would have was afraid that thou would have Take by force thine daughters from me. So he's thinking about, I don't work for this man 20 years. I don't work for Uncle Laban 20 years. Seven years for Rachel. Got Leah seven more years for Rachel again. And then I don't work six more years just to get what I don't worked hard for and earn. And he was just so assured that you would take away the daughters from me and I wouldn't have anything. But he was assured that he didn't have his gods. So he said unto Laban, with whom you find your gods, let them not live. Now, I know Jacob would have never said that if he had an inkling or even a clue that it was his beloved Rachel that had stolen them. So Laban went into uh, Jacob's tent and he began to search. He went into his daughter's Leah tent and he began to search. He was searching all around for these gods, these images. And Rachel had taken them and hid them in the camel or the furniture. And she was sitting on them. So when Laban came into her tent to search, um, she began to be very manipulative and very sneaky, like this family had a history of doing. And she began to lie to her father and say, uh, forgive me if I do not rise. I am in the custom of a woman. In other words, she was saying to her father, she was on her menstrual and she could not get up because it was in the custom of a woman that um, she couldn't move at that particular time. Um, so Laban never did find his idols or his gods. And the Bible says that when he didn't find the gods, they didn't turn up. Jacob was wroth. He was angry. And he began to scold uh, Uncle Laban. He began to tell Uncle Laban, what is this trespass? What is my sin that thou hast hotly pursued after me? Why, why have you done this? Why have you been searching for me? Why are you searching through all my stuff and have not found your household um, gods. Why are you doing this? He went on to reiterate and let him know. He said, I don't work for you 20 years. I've been with thee. He said, I've done everything that I was supposed to do. He began to let him know. He said, I have uh, worked for you 20 years. I've served 14 years for your two daughters and six years for cattle. And thou hast changed my wages 10 times, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac have been with me 
surely thou would have sent me away empty. He wouldn't let him know you would you would have let me leave with nothing. And that's the kind of family this was. This was a uh what they say a cut, cutthroat family. They had no um regard um to one another. They would do whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do. And we have families just like that today that continue to dwell in these generational curses and generation sins where we step over each other just to get to the next level, taking no regard of the next person. You will use and abuse the your own relatives, your own kindreds just to get ahead. He said, God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. So if it had not been for God seeing me, if it had not been for God who had already, uh, who had already vowed, made a vow with me, who already promised me some things and not came to you on yesternight, you would have left me empty handed. So it was at that point that Laban came up with, uh, let's make a covenant uh, between one another. And out of this particular chapter, uh, Genesis, the 31st chapter and the 50th verse um, came the phrase where they went on to say, uh, Laban said unto Jacob, God, keep watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. And it's interesting to me that people in church say this phrase at the end of some services, because this phrase actually came out of the fact that Jacob, um, Laban didn't trust Jacob and Jacob didn't trust Laban. And so what they were saying to each other or what Laban was saying was God keep watch between me and you. He said, I can't watch you when we're away. You can't watch me while we're away, but may the Lord watch between uh, you and me when we're not, when we're out of each other's sight. And he began to tell him, if you mistreat my daughters or take other wives, when there is no one around to see you, God will see you and stand witness between us. So his thing in the end, Laban thing was, I want to make sure you're going to treat my daughters right. And may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent. So again, I find it interesting that when church services end, a lot of churches do say this phrase as if they don't trust each other. So it is the Lord that needs to watch between me and thee. I know what they mean when they say it, but it's the context behind which it was brought about. Uh, that's interesting to me. And, and we see that uh, they've made a, a commitment or a covenant with one another. And it is in that 53rd verse of the 31st chapter um, that Laban began to say, the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. And Jacob swear by the fear of his father, Isaac. Um, so here it is showing me that um, Laban began to speak and say the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor and the God of their fathers. Why? Because Laban, remember, worshiped other gods. And that's an important point to remember um, because that's going to take us into our next episode. Now, uh, remember, he said the God of Abraham, which remember Abraham is Jacob's grandfather. And he said the God of Nahor. And you remember names were passed on in the Bible, just like names are passed on today. We had Nahor, who would have been um, Jacob's great, great grandfather, if he's talking about that Nahor, or if he's talking about Nahor, that would have been Laban's grandfather, uh, was also named Nahor, or it would have actually been 
Laban's great-great-grandfather as well, who was also named Nahor. Either way, he summed it up and said, and the God of their fathers. So what was he talking about? He was talking about the God of their ancestors. We're still talking about generational curses and we're talking about generational sin. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking about generational curses and generational blessings. And we're going to see how they flowed as well. But he was saying unto them, the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their fathers, judge between us. And so he said, let them be the ones that judge between us. And then Jacob, it says, swear by the fear of his father, Isaac. And I thought it was very interesting here that Jacob was not named among them yet as God being his father or the God of Jacob, but it said he swear by the fear of his father. The only thing Jacob was able to do in several times, it made reference to this, that he um, sweared by the fear of Isaac, his father. And again, in the 31st chapter, in the, in the 42nd verse, Jacob made mention to Laban saying, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou had sent me away empty or with nothing. So he was saying and acknowledging here that um, God was the God of Isaac, that God was also the God of Abraham. And also there was a fear of Isaac when it came to um, Laban, not only probably a fear of Isaac, but also a fear of his sister, Rebecca. He said, except the fear uh, be with you, you would have sent me away empty handed. But we don't see where he said in there anywhere, except my God. Many times Jacob made references um, to God being the God of his father, like in the 32nd chapter and the ninth verse, he, and Jacob said, O God of my father, Abraham and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord, um, which saith unto me, return to the country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. And so he always constantly referenced God as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. I couldn't quite get that. And I kept asking God for the connection of that. But then God began to reveal to me exactly what was going on, which is where we're trying to get to. So in our next episode, we are going to be covering that. We are right where I want to be because we are where we left off now on um, the fourth episode which was generational curses, generational sin, the next generation. And on the last episode we covered, we talked about Dinah, the daughter of Leah. The only daughter that Jacob had at that time uh, was the daughter of uh, Dinah that Leah bared him. And we talked about how they ended up um, traveling and Jacob was on his way to Canaan when he arrived in Shilom, um, the city of Shechem. And it was there in the city of Shechem that Jacob's only daughter that Leah bared him was raped by uh, the prince of the country, which is named Shechem. He was named after the city. And we know that he saw her and he took her. In other words, he raped her. And we read about on the last episode, we talked about where um, he fell in love with her. He cleaved to her. He wanted her as his wife. He wanted his father to get her as a damsel so he could marry her. Now, Genesis, the 34th chapter says that when Jacob heard that uh, they had defiled um, Dinah, his daughter, 
Um, his sons were in the field when he heard about it. But the Bible also says that Jacob held his peace until they had come. And I couldn't quite understand why is it that he didn't address that situation right then. Why he, did, why he did not handle that situation, why his sons were not there. I couldn't help but wonder, is it that somehow deep down inside, Jacob wanted them to do what they did? And we see here that it says he waited until they were come. And then he began to discuss the situation. It says that he, uh, Homer, the father of Shechem went out unto Jacob and commune with him. So they went out, they were talking about the situation and the son of Jacob's came out of the field and they heard it. So as they were talking about it, his sons heard about it. And when Jacob's sons heard it, they were grieved. They were angry. They were wroth. They were hot. They wanted retaliation. And that's what they did. And we see here that same generational curse, that same spirit raising its head again. The spirit of deception, the spirit of trickery, even escalating to the spirit of murder. Because we see here where they devised a plan. They convinced Shechem and his father Hamor that the only way we will allow you to interchange with our daughters and your daughters interchange with us if you come uh, under the custom and the covenants that we've made where you agree, all of the men of the city agree to be circumcised. And Shechem was willing to do just about anything to have Dinah. So what did he do? They agreed. They talked to the men. They began to convince the men of the city that we need to do this. They even went on to tell the men that these men come in peace with us. Let them dwell in the land. Let them be whole. Let them trade. We need them because we're going to give them our daughters. They're going to give us their daughters for wives. So let's make this plan. And this is what they did. They agreed to it. They were circumcised. But what they didn't know is that Simeon and Levi were devising a plan. So they waited good until the men were circumcised. And the Bible says that it came to pass on the third day while they were still sore. And the two sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, and Dinah's brothers. Now, these are her brothers um, that Leah bared. Um, remember, there was Reuben, and then there was Simeon, and there were Levi. So these are the, uh, the, uh, the second and the third brother of Dinah. So they began to devise a plan. And what did they do? They went through the city. The Bible says they took each man by the sword. They came upon the city boldly and they slew all the males of the city. In other words, they murdered everybody in the city. They slew not only the males of the city, they slew uh, Hamor and Shechem, his son, by the edge of the sword. And then they went in and took Dinah uh, out of Shechem's house and, and took, took her away. And the Bible says that the son of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sisters. So they all were in on it. First, I thought it was just reading. You would think it was just uh, Simeon and it was Levi. But no, the 27th verse of the 31st chapter say, and the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. So they all were angry. They all were wroth because this thing had happened. And the Bible says they took everything. They took sheep. They took oxen. They took ass. And they went through the city and they took everything which was in the field, all their wealth, all their little ones. They took the children. They took their wives and they took them captives and the spoil. All of it they took. Um, all 
that was in the house, the Bible says. So they didn't leave anything behind. And then what happened? We see that Jacob found, got word of what had happened and he was upset. He came to Simeon and Levi and he began to say, what is it that thou have done? What trouble have you brought upon me? You have caused me to stink. In other words, you have caused me to be dishonored among the men or the people of this country. You have made us an offense against the people. In other words, Jacob got upset. He began to be fearful. And like many of us, when things begin to happen in our lives, we begin to immediately get in fear. Jacob forgot all about what the Lord had promised him to bring him to a land of Canaan where he would bless him. Not only would he bless him, but he would bless his seed. He began to let his mind run away with him. And the Bible began to give us a glimpse into what Jacob was thinking. Jacob began to say unto his two sons, he said, we are few in number. He said, they shall gather themselves together against us me and slay me and I shall be destroyed. But not only will they destroy me, they're going to destroy my entire household. There's going to be nothing left by the time they get through with us. The inhabitants of the land, this land among the Canaanites and the Presidites, he said, we're the ones that got the, the fewest. He said, they're going to get together and they're going to destroy us. What, if, what is it that you have done? And it looks like the only comeback uh, his sons had was, should we allow him to deal with our sister as a hard lot. So in other words, should he have just be able to rape our sister and get away with it and nothing be done? So that their main thing was we're gonna we're gonna deal with this situation. We're gonna retaliate this situation. I just want to let you know that no matter what it is you're going through, retaliation is never the answer. We always have to seek God and see what his plan is or see what he has for us next. No doubt in Jacob's mind, he was full of fear. He was ready to flee. But I could only imagine he didn't know where he was going to be headed to next. Here he was just leaving Haran, him and his family, coming to the land of Canaan that the Lord had promised to bless him in. And now here he was in a situation or a circumstance that his sons had put him in. But one thing I love about the Lord, he will never leave us or forsake us no matter what we find ourselves in. When we begin to look at the 35th chapter, it goes on to say, And God said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel and dwell there and make there a altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. So we're seeing here that Jacob is about to be on the run again. He is fleeing, but he is fleeing at the commandment of the Lord this time. I'm just reminded the first time that Jacob began to flee and go to the land of Haran, it was because of his own deception and his own trickery, how he stole his brother Esau's uh, blessing and Esau wanted to kill him and he was running for his life. He found himself in sackcloth and in, in sackcloth, the Bible says that he haphazardly uh, lightly stumbled upon Bethel. But this time he is finding himself going back to the same place where he was able to hear from God the very first time, but not because of his own sin, but because of the trickery and the deceptions of now the sin of the fathers that have fell on his son. We have to be so careful that we don't sit around and watch our children repeat the same generational curses and sin that we ourselves have repeated. We have to be so ever careful that we don't allow generational curses and generational sins fall to the next generation. One thing about sin, it has the tendency to escalate. And now Jacob's sons, the next generation, now have blood on their hands. 
I said all that beforehand to get to this very verse right here. That is going to be Genesis, the 35th chapter and the second verse. And the Bible says, then Jacob said unto his household, to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garment. Let us arise and go to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods that were in their hands and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. I want to give you two verses before we close. And then I want you to think about, until we meet again, this scripture. Genesis, the 35th chapter, beginning at the first and the second, uh, beginning at the first through the fourth verse, where he began to tell his household and all that were with him to put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. Change your garments. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that while we're gone. And I want to give you these two scriptures. Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, beginning at the ninth verse. It says, and we've, we've quoted this scripture a number of times throughout this series. He went on to say, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity upon the fathers, upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation. And my final verse in closing is going to be coming from Deuteronomy. It's going to be the 30th chapter, beginning at the 19th verse. And that verse reads as such. It says, Today, I ask heaven and earth to be witness. I am offering you life or death, blessings or curse. Now, choose life that you and your children might live. On our next episode, we're going to pick up right here at chapter 35, covering those two verses, as well as this particular chapter and a few more things. And also we're going to touch on Joseph, but what we really want to get to next is we want to begin to talk about blessings and curses, because just like curses follow your love, uh, your bloodline and your family, just like generational sin, follow your bloodline and your family. There's also blessings that follow your generational bloodline and your family. We have to make a choice. The Bible says again, he said, I have set before you life and death. He told us to choose life that we may live, but not only that we might live, that our children might live. So like never before, now is the time to choose which way you're going to go. As I said in the beginning of the series, don't you ever think that any decision or choice you make is just based on you alone. It is not. You are affecting the next generation, beloved. The decision that Jacob made at the advice of his mother, uh, Rebecca, cost him more than he could have ever imagined. Of course, there was a learning lesson in it because that which the devil mean for bad, God always turned it around for the good. But what it did cost Jacob, if he's never got to see his mother, Rachel, again, she died before he was able to make it back to the land of Canaan. He was estranged and separated from his brother Esau and his father for over 20 years. And while he was dwelling in Haran, guess what? Jacob's 11 sons were learning all the bad habits of the land. They were witnessing firsthand what generational curses and generational sin looked like. And it was falling upon the next generation. Not only that, they were dwelling in a land where they worship other gods. There is a lot more that we need to cover in this series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father. So please 
Come back and join me again. I hope that you are enjoying this series. If you are, I want you to continue to listen, like, but most of all, share it with a friend. Call a friend and tell them to call a friend and let them know we're teaching about generational curses, sins of the father. We're talking about the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Also, if you are not following us on our Facebook page, we want you to go to our Facebook page and be a part of our Facebook family at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. That's Y-A-S-H-A Ministry Walker on Facebook. We also have a group page that we would love for you to be a part of. That is going to be Let's Rap Reveals group page on Facebook. I always want you to know that you can become a patron of this great ministry for as little as $5 or more a month. Whatever the Lord lay on your heart, we will greatly appreciate it. We just want you to be a blessing to this ministry. Continue to listen, like, comment, and share. As always, I am Elder Shanina Walker. I want you to know that I love you, but God will always love you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.